Welcome back to Taiwan Talk on ICRC FM 100. I'm this week's host, Ryan Drillsma. And on this week's episode, and as Taiwan Pride 2021 approaches, I speak to Olivia Wu about her work within the LGBT community and alternative health services. Olivia currently co-runs an organization called The Light Program, which offers traditional divination services and knife massages and organizes community building events. Olivia has also helped organize this year's Asia Rainbow Ride, which will see cyclists bike to raise money for LGBT charities. So I'm here today with Olivia at the Lighthouse. Welcome to the show, Olivia. Hello, great to meet everyone. So um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your own story to start us off? Sure. So I'm a Taiwanese American and I moved here to Taiwan about 13 years ago. I really enjoy the land, the people and the food here. So I've been here ever since. I came to Taiwan originally to learn Mandarin. Um, and then I got into learning the I Ching and other practices such as meditation and art therapy. Okay, so as I just mentioned, I'm here with Olivia now at her store, The Light Program. But before we get into that, from what I've read on the internet, I believe you were involved in the running of an iconic store in Taipei's LGBTQ plus history, The Love Boat. Could you go into detail about that a little bit first? Sure. So when I came to Taiwan, I thought, you know, this is such an amazing, quaint little shop. So I wanted to, I kind of wanted the world to see it. So I, I had a conversation with the owner, see what we could do together. And I started building the international website and trying to offer our binders to the world. So I was doing that for, I think it was almost a decade. Okay. Could you just explain to those who might not know what the love boat is? Yeah. So it's the uh, it's a lesbian shop. So it's a lesbian shop located in Gongguan, and it's just an LGBT friendly place where people can feel safe there. Okay, great. So how did your experience there translate into you establishing the Light Program here? So while I was working there, obviously people um, we chat, uh, and then people have questions about their love, work, relationship, coming out, parents. Um, and I just thought, you know, I think all of these issues require like a nice safe space for particular groups of individuals to be kind of feel supported. So this is what I do here at the Light Program. You know, I, I it's not it's not like an LGBT shop, but I do um, see the specific need for LGBTQ community as well as allies and for their voices to be heard. Okay, um, I noticed on your website the the mission statement, if you'd like, of the Light Program is finding peace in times of turmoil. Could you explain this? Sure. So I think you know, starting from 2019, uh, after same-sex marriage passed, and obviously it was it was a great moment. But in 2020, we were hit with COVID, and that was really hard on everyone. And you know, it's it's just we are always searching finding outwards and we rarely seek inwards and I feel finding peace in times of turmoil means that we are trying to find ourselves, our inner peace and we when we have that sense of peace then we could carry about our lives in that manner and you know this is what peace in having a community of compassionate individual is about 
Okay, so would you say that's what the objective of the light program is, to help people find inner peace? I think so. I think when one person can really know and feel and be in entirety of who they are, this is, you know, this is a joyful moment. Okay, so how does that translate into what you do here? Because you, you offer a, a wide variety of services. So could you please explain what some of those are? Sure. Um, so I'd like to start with we have the Eijing consultation. Uh, with the Eijing consultation, we could go into different topics. Uh, for example, coming out to parents, purchasing a house, um, seeking a career path that's suitable, or you know, love life. Uh, so all of these things are really coherent to what individual faces. Uh, and once we could just kind of untangle the knots that are happening in their lives, then we could move on into healing. For example, why do I feel a certain way for such a long time and how do I surpass that? And this is where our therapy and uh, we have like the light healing and knife massage. So these are the things to go about to supporting their uh, motion forward in life. So it starts with the I Ching. Now, I'm sure our Taiwanese listeners will know what that is, but for our non-Taiwanese listeners, could you explain what that is? I think it's simply said it's kind of like the Eastern form of tarot reading. Yeah. Um, however, um, back then, about thousands of years ago, emperors would have consultants who would learn the I Ching to help you know, manage their states and to you know, plan strategically how they should grow their... Um, empire um, to support and help the people okay another service you mentioned you offer is art therapy could you tell us about this sure so one thing that we do is art therapy through the form of zane tango and um, pastel art um, and this is really healing the zane tango is very meditative um, it's just print uh, it's just ink and paper and this really helps people who are finding difficulty in their meditation to just, you know, uh, calm down. Um, and the pastel art, I feel it's more connected to our heart, our heart chakra, where we are just painting and drawing on with our fingers. And this is, you know, that touch, that sensory support and um, experience. It becomes really healing to our heart and how we open up. Okay, and then of course there's the knife massage. Can you explain what that involves? I think that's like the most famous one, like without doubt, you know, people see it, people feel, wow, this is so interesting. How do you do that? And, you know, how I normally like to say it's, uh, we, we all um, hear about acupuncture. So, you know, acupuncture and knife, they're, they're like sister um, healing modalities. So back then, uh, monks, they would actually use stones with mineral properties, just as how we would use crystal for certain healing or energy support. But now we use knives because they have such a fine point. And the knives are dull, so you know everyone is safe going under a knife. But because the knife has such a fine point, we could actually tap into the meridians, and then that's going to help with you know how you feel and your energy flow. So the meridians are, sorry. So meridians are, they are consists of pressure points. And so pressure points, uh, we imagine them as dots. Uh, meridians, they are lines. And multiple meridians, they make up the whole plane, which is our entire body. Okay, okay. So this is all kind of connected to spirituality. Would you say that um, your clients need to be connected to their spiritual side to enjoy the services that you offer here? 
Not at all. You don't even need to believe in energy. You know, I feel for the knife massage, people come in because they feel stressed. They feel burned out. You know, just coming in, you don't need to learn or know about anything. Just come in, relax. That's it. Uh, for those who are seeking spirituality, that's perfect. Um, we talk, we discuss about, you know, how do you find yourself? How do you seek um, out of a current situation that you're in right now? So I feel like I, it's, it's really open to just everyone. Okay. How did you personally become involved in eating, reading, and knife massages? I mean, as you mentioned, your family is uh, Taiwanese-American, so... Did this come from within your family or is it something that you sought out because you had an interest in it? Well, not at all. So my my family is not religious. Um, um, and I think that's the way that I grew up. I grew up going to like Christian camps, Buddha camps, like all kinds of camps where we just have fun, meet more people who are kind and friendly. And I think it, it was, I was in a point in my life where I felt stuck. So that's why I started searching into things like religion, spirituality, or, you know, just higher education, pretty much everything that, you know, nowadays we seek as well. And I feel certain things work from certain, for certain aspects. And I feel, you know, the eating really cling on and it really, it, it touches me and I feel I can also use this method to help other people. So that's why I just, you know, dive deeper into it. And while I was working through that, obviously, we are feeling so much burnout, so much fatigue, and I wanted to learn something else to support our physical wellness. So that's why I learned the, the knife massage as well. Okay, one of the other things that you do here is community building activities. Could you explain what these are? Sure. So I would separate that into two parts. So one part is uh, a circular economy. So I do have community partners where, for example, I have a kombucha um, served here. Uh, people can come and collect, and we use recycled bottles. So people, you know, they can purchase a kombucha, they take it home, they enjoy it, they could bring back the bottle, and then we could have a circular economy. So this is one example here. And I also branch outwards to um, just kind of connect with other um, communities in terms of uh, whether it be healing work or how do we make less impact on earth through kind of just having this you know minimal plastic uh, usage uh, another part is the lgbt community so here is kind of like a like a meeting point for our asia rainbow right so um, monthly we have the social right we come in we write in from Dan Sui or Xindian, and then we come into um, Shimon to celebrate and this is where you know this is where things gets fun if it kind of feels like the center point for a lot of these things okay that's the next thing i wanted to discuss because obviously this event is coming up soon the asia rainbow ride could you explain what that is to our listeners sure so we are just kind of like a charity bike ride uh, um, we're like pride on wheels uh, and it's, it's fun. This is going to be a three-day, two-nights event where we will be riding from... We will start from here, and we will uh, start riding from uh, Ilan, and then move north to Fulong, and then to Jinshan. And then we're going to come back in to the Ximen um, Red House area. Um, and then we do this to benefit the Taiwan NGO. So the, the funds goes to benefiting um, Taiwan AIDS Foundation, Taiwan um, Equality Campaign, and also the Taiwan Tongzhi Hotline. 
Okay, and how long is the bike ride in total? So it's three day, two night. Uh, it's going to be about 210 kilometers. Wow. Uh, do people need to train before they take part in it? Yeah, that's what I hope for. I hope people are training. Uh, but we do have e-bikes and support van in case, you know, you are just like, I can't do this. It's fine. You are fully supported. I actually had to go on the support van last year. So no shame there. No shame with e-biking. No shame with support vans. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Um, how long has the Rainbow Ride been running for? So we started this uh, last year. Um, our inaugural year was last year, and this is our second year. Okay, that's great. And I believe there's going to be a sort of after-party celebration at Red House. Um, I didn't mention this before, but your, your store is at Red House in Ximending in Taipei. Um, could you tell us about the after-party? Great. So the Red House is super well known as the LGBT epicenter of Taiwan. And this is where we will come in, we will ride in, um, and we will have Indian food, we will have a drag show, we will have guest speakers to come in at Mudan to celebrate and just, you know, just have a blast. How many people are taking part in the Asia Rainbow Ride this year? So, so far right now we have 71 riders. Okay, and can people still sign up to take part? Unfortunately, we have a wait list now, so please uh, join our newsletter and let us know that you want to join us next year. We are really hoping for over a hundred. Due to COVID, we really had to like you know lower the number of participants, but we are hoping to grow this in the future years. Yeah, speaking of COVID, obviously Pride is going online this year. Has this affected your organization any way, or you personally? Um, I, I, it's. You know, for me, it's just kind of like it's a bummer uh, not to be able to see that celebration. But due to safety reasons, I could. It's totally understandable. Uh, in addition to Pride Parade, there is also the film festival that's still going on. Um, it's going to be partially virtual, partially um, in theaters. So we still have some, you know, in-person events during the Pride Month, and we do have some virtual events as well. So people still get to celebrate. Okay, that's great. Now, you mentioned if people want to find out more information, they can join your newsletter. Uh, do you have a website or social media people can look up the, the light program or Asia Rainbow Ride if they want more information? Sure. So for those who are looking into the light program Red House, um, pretty much just go to our website. It's www.lightprogramredhouse.com. And for the Asia Rainbow Ride, it's going to be asiarainbowride.com. Okay, thank you, Olivia, again for joining us today. And we wish you all the best with the Asia Ride and with the Light Program. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for coming in. I really enjoy our conversation. That was Olivia Wu, co-owner of the Light Program and organizer of the Asia Rainbow Ride charity cycling event. Don't forget to join us next week, where we'll speak to a brand new guest. Hi, I'm Ryan Drilsma. And I'm Trevor Tordomasi. And we're the co-hosts of Taiwan Talk. You can catch our show on ICRT every Monday during the 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. newscasts. Or you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, SoundOn, or wherever you might usually find podcasts. New episodes are uploaded every Monday night. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with a new guest.